Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Boxing is all about timing, taking the right opportunities at the right time. No matter what he says, he will be shocked by me. against the monster, the man no one really wants to fight. I'm not monster. I'm white rabbit. One wrong step, one wrong maneuver, and it's over. Yes, we've got that big fight feeling just listening to that little promo there. Welcome to Beyond the Ropes Boxing Podcast and this is the Alexander Usyk, Tony Bellew Big Fight Preview Breakdown and Predictions episode. Your host as always, Sean Basto. And today I'm going to be joined again by Jordan Neal. Jordan Neal is going to be coming on the show. A man from Liverpool, a man that loves Tony Bellew, a man that tells me he's a hero around Liverpool. So really glad to get Jordan back on to get his thoughts and opinions and maybe a slight bit of bias going on there because he's from Liverpool I don't blame him to be fair really looking forward to this little breakdown episode it's going to be really good to, to preview the, the big fight with Bellio and Usyk because it's not one I was ever expecting to happen but as soon as he started talking about it it was one where I was just like you know what I really want to see it I really want to see it I really want to see if Tony Bellew can go out there and shock the world because that will shock the world if he beats Usyk on Saturday but let's get on with the show just going to get Geordie on the line and we'll go ahead and talk breakdown and predictions so we've got Geordie back on Geordie I've just been saying before I got you on the line that it's going to be uh, mixed emotions for you this weekend because obviously it's a, a potential Liverpool legend in Tony Bellew here going in against Usyk and daring to dream daring to be the best I'm sure you're very much looking forward to this one yeah, obviously, um, Bellew's a, a big hero, as I said a- earlier in the week on, on the podcast. You know, it is a bit of a tough one for me because I'm a massive Usyk fan. Um, so, <laughs> I'm sort of torn between the two. 
But yeah, as I said, it's it's a perfect way for Belly to go out. Really, he is a hero by from in the part of the world I'm from, and hopefully he can pull it off. Well, it's a big ask, and we're obviously going to talk a little bit about Bellew first. I think we'll focus on his career and. On the weekly episode of the podcast, I touched a bit about the fact that, you know, I I got to a certain point with me where I kind of loved him and then kind of thought, no, I don't really like the way you are. But I wanted to go back and just briefly touch on a few of the fights that, that I think have kind of got him to this level. And I think a lot of people forget about some of these great fights he's been involved in previously to, to get him to where he is. And the first ones for me where I, I felt like he put himself on the map a little bit, especially domestically, was the two fights with Oval McKenzie for the Commonwealth title and then the British title it was you know really two great fights and he definitely announced himself at that point didn't he yeah definitely I mean he was um, he was brilliant and, it, and he was sort of at light heavyweight then and you know everyone was thinking he was going to go on and dominate that division and you know we've seen what happened with that you know he, he never quite got to the got to the top you know he met a absolute monster in Adonis Stevenson but um, obviously he's had the issues with the weight that we've all we all know about, and he's he's gone on about quite a lot. So yeah, I mean that's when he really announced himself, and then obviously moving on to the Nathan Cleverly fight and Danny McIntosh, and you know I'm from there. Well, that's it. Like you said, I remember the Cleverly fight, and this is uh, the build up to the Cleverly fight was one of them where I kind of looked at him and thought, Who, who's this guy? Who's this really angry Scouse man that's he just wants to he wants to kill Cleverly? And at this point, I was more of a Cleverly fan. I'll be honest because I'd followed Cleverly's career just as much as I'd followed Bellew's. And at that time, he was kind of like the pantomime villain, Bellew, and Cleverly was kind of like the hero essentially. And he came out on top in a very competitive fight, Cleverly, and that was Bellew's first shot at heavyweight, light heavyweight gold and obviously he lost that one we know he had the great fights with McIntosh Marinda uh, two tough fights with Chalemba and then as you touched on there he goes over to Canada and he, he adopts this attitude as I was saying earlier this week that he, he going in you know using cutthroat gestures to Stevenson jumping out of his seat sort of screaming you know shouting and I'm just thinking why are you being so aggressive and he, he was really humbled in that fight and you made a really good point before about the weight and how how skinny he looked and he looked ill at light heavyweight didn't he yeah he did and I don't know whether you know the whole thing with Stevenson and even before that we watched interviews with you know various outlets uh, up to like the McIntosh fight and even the Oval McKenzie one he was so aggressive but I don't know if that sort of uh, defence mechanism from the dramatic weight cut that he was doing yeah you know, possibly he was, he was constantly snarling and he was angry and if you see him now you know he's still Tony Bellew still He's still, you know, aggressive and stuff like that, but it's more controlled now. And, you know, maybe that comes with he's, he's used to being in the limelight now, but he does, he seems like a different person now. And I sort of think at light heavyweight, he had a lot of challenges going on outside of the ring, not just, you know, facing off with, facing off with his opponents. He was actually, he was having a fight with the weight as well. Well, he moved back up to cru- well, he moved up to cruiserweight, and he he moved back into sort of title contentions. Uh, got himself a WBO international cruiserweight title. Had the rematch with Cleverly. Beat Cleverly in the rematch, which was. I'll be honest. I don't think Cleverly was the same in that rematch. I think that was no. the that was for me the start of the downfall for for Cleverly because I think he'd I think he'd 
did he had lost a couple of at this point? I think he did. I think he lost a couple of early in 2014, and I think after that he was he was never the same. And and then from there on, he he, he fights Masternak, who who fought last weekend in the World Boxing Super Series. And then the the defining moment of his career for me so far was the fight he got at Goodison Park against uh, Alunga Makabu. That was such a, a a thrill ride to to be on as a fan because you you knew of this guy you knew he had a reputation for being a big puncher you knew that he was going to come in there uh, and, and give it all he had and when he dropped Tony Bellew in that, that first round with that shot and Tony Bellew did the, that, the backwards roll and jumped straight back up I was like I, you know, I hope he's not gone up too quick and I hope he can weather the storm and, and obviously the rest is history as we know and he goes on to stop Maccabi and, and and makes you know history for himself and, and history in Liverpool and becomes the WBC World Cruiserweight Champion in the process and you'd think at that point that was that was enough that you know, he'd realised his dream and for a lot of men you know that's it I mean we 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 heard the Tyson Fury podcast with Joe Rogan a couple of weeks back when he beat Klitschko and he he'd done everything he kind of wanted to do and that was it for him he just kind of went on a bit of a downward spiral mental health wise but for Bellew, it was it wasn't it wasn't finished. Obviously, he beat BJ Flores in emphatic fashion, and then that's when he wanted hay. And you know, the, the hay stuff. We started to see a bit of the old vicious, aggressive Tony Bellew calling him out, and it, you know, it goes on social media where people are like, "Oh God, I can't stand Tony Bellew. He's he's an idiot. He's, he's you know, he's angry all the time and blah 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 blah." But he wanted the fight, and he did what he needed to do to get the fight. And at this point, then Jordy, do you think? Do you think he'd achieved everything he needed to achieve, or do you think it was like the right thing to move on and chase them hay fights? I think that night in May was was everything Tony Bellew built up to. The fact that he's a massive Evertonian and it was at Goodison Park, and you know he had all this stuff about never being able to go to Goodison Park. He lost a cruiserweight, and that Maccabi fight um, that was a defining moment for him, as we've said. So I think yeah, moving on. I think the BJ Flores was a plan because you know he had he had slight links to hay. And I know Bellew had demanded that Hay was ringside. And, you know, you remember him going over and kissing the Toblerone at David <laughs> yeah. Hay and stuff. I think I think this, from Macabu onwards, it was about securing his family and securing himself. And I think he's seen David Hay as, you know, he is a big name. He's still a big name. He's retired. But you've seen him at the press conference the other day with White and Chisori. He's still slap banging in the middle. And I think that's what it was with Bellew. It was, you know, time to secure his families for future generations. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I do agree. I think, you know, when you look back on it and you think to yourself, what else did he have to prove? Well, he, he wanted the hay fight. He knew it was going to secure a future for his family. And the detractors, the people that will slag Tony Bellew off, that will say, well, the thing is, he was he was a washed-up version of David Hay at this point. All right, okay, yeah, I can, I can kind of understand where people come from when they say that, but he was still always a threat. And in that first fight before the Achilles injury... He was always dangerous. He was always a threat. But for me, I was impressed with the way Tony Bellew negated. The, the you know he slipped and dipped all the punches that Hay were throwing and made him miss a lot. And people will always debate the hell out of the fact that they think you know David Hay was up at the time when he got the injury on the cards and all the rest of it. But I, I still believe eventually a fully fit David Hay would have. You know, at that, that that point, the David Hay at that point, without the Achilles injury, I still think Tony Bellew would have gone on to beat him. I mean, a couple of years back, maybe you might have said, no, actually, David Hay would have blew him away in, in, in emphatic fashion. But 
that, that you know this isn't the case. We can't talk about past tense. We're talking about the situation at the time. And in 2017, David Hay was probably past his best, and we'll all agree to that. But there were still two great fights, still two exciting fights, exciting bills, and cash grabbers for both men really David Hay got the cash and you know he's bowed out and he's doing his promotional stuff now so it was the right thing for Bellew and having David Hay's name on his record twice two wins against him is is for me you know it will be part of his legacy and it'll always be remembered for the fact that he beat him twice so you, you can't really argue with that and I think at that point you'd expect to you'd expect Tony Bellew to retire but here we are yeah definitely I mean just touching back on what you said earlier about you know people expecting being surprised about Bellew's boxing in them first six rounds with with Hay in the first fight. Bellew's he was a deep amateur and he was a, he was a good amateur, you know, ABA champion. He's not just this banger who knocks people out. Uh, Tony Bellew, Tony Bellew's a good good boxer, and I think you know you see him just slightly skipping ahead here, but with Yusuf and he's sarcastically saying, "Oh, there's no way I could I could beat this guy at boxing," and I think that is sarcasm. I think he's thinking. You know, I can I can mix it at Usyk's level, and whether he's right or wrong, you know that's yet to be determined. But don't get don't get it wrong. Um, Tony Bellew is a brilliant boxer. He's not just this banger who knocks people out. No, I agree, John. I, I don't I don't um, discredit his boxing ability at all because I do I do think it's there, and I do think what it looks to be is when the opportunities are there, and he, and he throws that big left hook, and that big left hook will will, will give anybody problems, anybody. And I'm, I'm sorry, but you know, even even the bigger guys in the division, the guys that he said he never wanted to fight in the heavyweight division, I still think if he landed that left hook on any of them, he'd still give him problems. But and he's that comes bo- down to his technique. His technique on that yeah. left hook is. Is brilliant, you know. That's not to be not to be overlooked. It's not just powerful; it's the way it's thrown. And I think yeah, he definitely will be trying to set Usyk up for that. But he's got a lot more to his arsenal than than his left hook. But um, as he showed against David Day, you know, he beat he did knock him down with the left hook, but he also put him down with a straight right. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah, he's got it's a lot of he's got a lot of tools. It's going to be interesting. This it really is. I think we'll move on to Usyk then, and and obviously we know Tony Bellew's journey up to the Usyk fight, and I, I would have been happy if Bellew would have retired uh, and, and and gone gone home and, and sailed away in a sunset with all the money. But he, he dares to he dares big and he dreams big, and and for obviously what's inspired him for this is the fact that he's got the opportunity to to face the best the cruiserweight has to offer, uh, one of the potentially best fighters you know in the future of, of all time. This guy could go down as one of the best of all time. And win, lose or draw, you know this this will be a fight to remember for me. Either way, I don't think it's going to be a fight that we're just going to forget about. I don't think he's going to stink the place out. That's for sure. But moving on to to Usyk and obviously where he's at, he's only fifteen fights in professionally. But because of his storied amateur background, obviously the World Series of Boxing, you know he's such a. They come from a crop of, of guys like Lomachenko, who was a very storied uh, amateur, you know, pedigree career fighter, and only losing once in what three hundred and ninety six, ninety seven fights. It's, it's re- ridiculous. And Usyk's coming from the same sort of crop of and breed of fighters there in in, in the Ukraine and. With Usyk, p- people forget what he's done previously, and it's the the sort of the casual wider audience kind of now know him more so because of the fact he was involved in the World Boxing Super Series, you know, in the past twelve months, and he's become the first, you know, he's become the undisputed cruiserweight champion. I nearly said the first undisputed cruiserweight champion. I, I think that mantelpiece, I'm pretty sure that's Holyfield's, but 
yeah, the fact that he holds all four belts and now has been given the Ring Magazine belt as well, essentially, he, he, it's something you don't see often in boxing at all these days. Uh, you know, one guy at the top of the mountain, one guy who everybody's got to go for. I mean, that won't last probably, even if Usyk wins his fight, he's probably going to end up being made to go mandatory or whatever else, but I can see him moving up either way, to be fair. But Usyk then, let's talk about him a bit more. Jordi, when did you first see him? What were your thoughts on him the first time you seen him box? I think the first time I've seen him, I, I mean, I'd seen clips of him as an athlete and stuff like that, but I think the first time I, I actually tuned in and watched him was the Glowacki fight. Yeah. I watched him and, you know, from... Immediately, you think, you think, right, this guy is the truth. You know, it, there's a di- I know they have the, the world series, and I sort of replicate that professional style, but you still don't know like, how good he was. Watched absolutely everything that is on him <laughs> since then. I mean, I've watched every documentary that's on YouTube, every clip. I've watched every minute of his fights. You know, I, I, I think the guy's fascinating, not just as a boxer, but as a person. You know, he has got a screws. I think that's, <laughs> that's plain, plain to see, but I think the guy's a genius. and you know, just getting to see him on UK on UK shows is, um, is an absolute pleasure. He's a guy that, that like I say, a lot of the, the, the wider audience will not really have picked up on, probably like you said, maybe, maybe the Glowacki fight was probably the first time I really started to get to see yeah. him and, and see his fights, and I was really impressed with him, uh, his boxing ability I then. Everything before that was sort of in Ukraine, wasn't it? So... Yeah. We, we we didn't sort of have the embarrassment of riches we have now in the last year or so with you know every bit of boxing being like on demand. So I think did he go over to Poland to fight Glowacki? He did, yeah, so he, he, yeah, so he did. That um, that sort of put him out to to the wider audience a little bit more. But yeah, as I said, he's just he is a monster. Well, he beat, he beat Glowacki. Glowacki was undefeated at this point, and he beat him and took the WBO yeah. Cruiserweight title from him. Uh, and then from there on, he fought twice in the United States, uh, beating, obviously, Michael Hunter, who was over here on these shows not long ago, beating uh, Martin Piccoli. Then, uh, I think the other fight, which was significant for me in his career, was the Michael Hook fight as well, because, obviously, Michael Hook, at this point in his career, uh, was, was a well-known seasoned veteran of the Cruiserweight division. Yeah, I mean... He was, I think, and sort of that the hook fight sort of set in this in motion, this sort of run he's got on with, gone on with. He's just defending in other people's country. It's like you know champions now that you see Joshua. He's got Wembley as his home, and you know it's just not it's just not normal for for champions just to be travelling to challenges countries. And the guy looks like he enjoys it to me. I don't think it. I don't think it phased him at all, does it? I think he's just that cool, calm, and collected. That he's happy to fight wherever. And the thing is, you've got to re- again. I'll always touch on this. You've got to remember with these guys that have had a storied amateur career, they have to travel all the time anyway. They travel for yeah. what six months of the year usually. They travel for at least half a year around the world, competing in different tournaments around the world. So they're used to that anyway. It's just people make a big thing of it because a lot of the fighters usually start off uh, in the home country in the careers before. They start venturing abroad before they start going into the challenges backyards and and all, and all the rest of it. So I think that's what a lot of people uh, fail to, to to remember sometimes. And obviously he didn't care. He's gone and beat Hook, and then we obviously had the fights with uh, Brady's, which was uh, it was it was an okay fight. I think Brady's you said it in the last episode was probably the, the, the one that got the closest to him out of uh, all the fights we've seen of his so far. And then he put on a, a clinical display uh, in. 
July this year against Gassi Evan. Everybody, you know, everybody loves him. Everybody raves about him. He's they've got the personality for it. He's got the charisma for it. Even though he doesn't speak a lot of English, he kind of translates across pretty well. Yeah, I think I think he speaks a bit more English than he lets on. I don't know whether that's a thing. Allowing Bellew to have you know a go at him. I've seen at the press conference today, sort of you know Bellew tried to like sort of get into him and say you know. I'm going to make you bleed and it's going to be tough. Just a pause for a minute or so and okay. You know, he's not allowing himself to get into the into these games. I think it's probably over his regime champion. Just, it's on the head of him. The guy's a monster. I know I've said it about a minute ago, but the guy is a monster. He is, and that's the general consensus, and that's kind of where a lot of people are not giving Tony Bellew a chance here, and I think that's where we kind of move on now, and we've talked about both men's careers uh, in brief detail about where they are and what's got them to this position now, and I think now it's time to focus on, you know, break down the fight of how both men can win it, and I think for me, starting with Bellew then, uh, he's... How does he win this fight? I mean, you can't just rely on that that left hook. Uh, You said it earlier. The boxing ability of Bellew is very underrated. Very underrated because he has got power in both hands. And I think on Saturday night, we are going to see a lot more of his boxing ability. But it is a case of whether he can hang it with Usyk. and, and, And it might bring out the best in Bellew's ability as, as a boxer and he might just bring out that next level in Usyk, that next challenge for Usyk and we might see something special you know, on, on Saturday night but for, for me, I think Tony Bellew's way to, to, to victory here is I don't think he's going to win on points That's without going too much into predictions just yet, I, I can't see Bellew winning this fight on points but I could see him maybe uh, overrunning Usyk, you know, maybe in the first half uh, of the fight, I could see him. If he's going to beat him, he's going to have to stop him. And for me, he's going to have to stop him. Probably in the in say between sort of rounds, you know, four to seven. Before I'd say, if he gets to that point and he's he's not really made a dent on on Usyk, then obviously people are going to start to talk about Usyk just cruising to a points victory, which if you look on Twitter and Facebook, there's a lot of polls out there and the majority of the polls that I've seen, that I've even voted in, are are going more towards the fact that Usyk's going to win this on points. So I think that's, for me, Bellew's going to have to stop him and he's going to have to stop him sort of mid to late rounds, I think. He's going to have to, if he doesn't give, put any impact on on, on Usyk or any sort of damage or anything that's going to, you know give us a, an indication that he may be able to hurt him, then it's potentially a points victory here on the cards for for Bellew. But, Jordy, what what's your thoughts then? For Bellew, how, how does he win this fight? Basically, Usyk's going to have an off fight. I mean, I don't mean to sound... I don't mean to put it simply there, but I, first and foremost, Usyk's got to not be at his best because if he's glorious best, there's not a... There's probably not a fighter on the planet who will beat him, never mind a cruiserweight. So, it's... I think he does need, obviously, that off-night. But I think he needs to try and have a little bit of success early on. By success, maybe just get the crowd up or land something of note. You know, Gassiev did land, did land. He just didn't follow up. But I think if he allows Usyk to get into that rhythm we've seen in Russia, where he's just dictating and dictating, then, you know, it could be a long night because once you get once he gets in that rhythm, it's going to be very, very difficult to get him out of it. But I, I, don't, I think t- Tony's experience he can't let this guy just dictate the whole fight 
And um, you know, that's part that's part I will see winning, but it's also the part that worries me because nobody's really talking about Yusuf being a puncher and maybe he's not a destructive puncher, but if Bellews gets desperate, then I think you know Yusuf could land and, and it could be game over. But yeah, I think Bellew's gotta have some have some have some success early on and then sort of carry that into the mid rounds and then just see where the fight goes. I think as long as he as long as he tries to get some success in that, maybe one to four and then build from that for me. I think going on to Usyk then, I think uh, I think we kind of touched a little bit on how Usyk wins the fight, and I think it's the fact that his boxing ability, the the ability to put the shots together, the the fact that he's got the range, uh, the reach. I think he possibly does have the reach advantage over Bellew in this fight. I think if he uses all these ad- uh, slight advantages to his favour, then that that and the fact that he's got this natural ability to to to, to box well. Not taking any way away from Tony, of course, but the natural ability that Usyk's got for me, it wins him the fight and it wins him uh, on points. But you've made a good point there about the fact that if Tony starts to get a little bit desperate, you know, in the later rounds, if nothing's happened, then he's potentially going to leave himself open. And I think yeah. I, I, Usyk doesn't come across as this concussive puncher, but an accumulation of punches. He, he reminds me very much of the way Cal Froch used to be able to finish his opponents. I mean, the majority of Froch's knockouts were an accumulation of punches, you know, apart from that one finishing punch to George Groves, a lot of them were accumulation. You look at the Boutte fight, you look at the Jermaine Taylor fight of his, they were all accumulation of punches that finished the opponent off. And I think that's where, if Bellew's going to get stopped and Usyk's going to do it, that's potentially where it could happen if he gets desperate in the later rounds. But, yeah. but if, you, if you flip this to, to, you know, the way Usyk's thinking, you know, the reason he's coming to fight Bellew and the reason Bellew is the first name out of his mouth is that Yusuf wants a part of this British boxing boom that we've got at the moment. He wants to be the Joshua opponent. He wants to sell at Wembley and stuff like that. He's going to know that if he could somehow stop Tony Bellew's statement and suddenly every single person's going, get Yusuf in with Joshua if he goes up. you know. Yeah. And as, as we know, public demand... It speaks for a lot, and that's how we get these fights. So I think Yusuf will know that if he can if he can stop Bellew, then he puts himself firmly in the running to fight Joshua maybe next year or, or into twenty twenty. Absolutely. Well, before we move into sort of final predictions uh, and put a close to the show, I've got a couple of clips from the press conference that you attended today, uh, and a little short clip of Polly Marlinaji's thoughts on Tony Bellew-Usik as well. So I'll stick them on for you now. Come back to you in a minute, and then we'll give our final predictions on Alexander Usik versus Tony Bellew. But ultimately, I admire him. Fantastic champion. Uh, and I'm I'm happy this fight's happening. This is the most significant significant fight in cruiserweight history. It's the richest fight the cruiserweight division's ever seen. And you know, brought that to the table. I did. He brings the hardware. I bring the money. Never ever forget that. I've generated something that no one could ever see for me before it. Nobody cared about me when I was sitting on the floor in Canada as a, as a failed light heavyweight. And I told the world that. The reasons why it happened the way it happened. No one cared about me after the crazy, cleverly rematch, and everyone said it was terrible. Tony Bellew's crap, he's this, he's that. No one listened, no one believed. You know, they believe a couple of people sitting here with me, the family at home, me team around me, my father, Gary Disley, my wife, my kids, they all believe. I couldn't even imagine that someday I will be fighting here in Manchester. I'm, uh, I'm as glad as the a small kid uh, who received the Kinder Surprise. 
Thank you. <laughs> people are, are, are patriotic. I think people are, you know, for the home team, so to speak. Um, like Rocky says, right, in Rocky Five. <laughs> but um, I, I would be very, very shocked if Tony wins the fight. And that's not to say that I'm, you know, I, you know, people sometimes you predict a fight and people think that you're against one of the other guys. I'm, I totally don't have a dog in the race. You know, I actually know Tony. I don't know Usyk. So, you know, it's, you know, I would, I would be very happy for Tony if he would be able to win this fight. But I think it's very, very difficult. And um, I think Tony will gain his respect either way with his performance Saturday night. I, I'm sure of that because he's an all-heart guy. But I find it very difficult to see, see him winning Saturday. So, some little clips there from the press conference today, getting the thoughts of both Bellew uh, and Usyk, which was through the, uh, his manager. And that was quite funny, the, uh, the Usyk comment about the he feels like a kid with a kinder surprise. Yeah, I mean, that, that probably sums the bloke up. I mean, I don't think anyone would have expected him to come out with that end of that sentence. But, you know, that's Usyk. I don't know if you caught the undisputed programme on Sky Sports last night, but he's definitely a... He's definitely a one-off, so that was a, a one-off comment. No, it was good. It's really good to uh, to hear from both men there. But for me, one thing that I've not pointed out yet is, is I said it earlier on today when I was uh, when I was when I was briefly skipping through the conference. Um, he came in Tony with this sort of neck warmer slash balaclava type thing on, which kind of came across to me like uh, an aggressive style. Like you know, I'm not here to be intimidated. I'm here to do the intimidating and. I was thinking, is he going to go down that route again, where he's going to kind of like be very aggressive? But he wasn't. He was, you know, he's quite respectful of the man, and, and obviously he knows what he's got to do. He feels like he can beat this man, and, and fair play to him. And obviously, Usyk's just cool, calm, and collected, and there's just there's just nothing to him at all. There's no like, there's no giving the guy. He's got one excellent poker face, that's for sure, and that's probably something you know we may see on fight night. Is you know if Bellew does catch him and land, you know. Ah, Will that poker face prevail on the night? And you know, will he show if he's hurt or not? We'll, we'll see. Um, but no, it was good to hear from that. Malinaji doesn't give Bellew a chance there. He obviously thinks Usyk <laughs> is gonna um, is gonna wipe the floor with Tony Bellew on Saturday night. But I think we should go into predictions and, and, and give our thoughts really on what we think is going to happen. Jordi, start with you. What do you think? How's it going to go down? Every time I think about this fight, I see. I see uh, Usyk walking into a glorious left hook and Bellew walking out with all the belts. But, <laughs> you know, as we mentioned, it's, it's sometimes it's hard overhead. And I think, if I'm brutally honest, I think if Usyk turns up at 100%, then he doesn't lose. And I think uh, this is a bit against the green and I have touched on it. I think with it being Bellew's last fight, you know, he, he's not going to go out quietly. I think he might he might realise he's behind and and go for it maybe against Coldwell's wishes, but I think he might walk on to something. Um, I don't want to see it end like that, but if we're on this podcast being brutally honest, I think Yusuf might get to him late. Well, going what I think then, I my heart obviously wants Tony Bellew to win, uh, regardless of any situation. I do want him to win. I, I've, I've loved watching him grow uh, as, as, as a man through the camera and, and as a fighter, and I love where he's at at this moment in time. But... My head says that Usyk's going to be too good for him and Bellew, we've seen Bellew get outboxed before against Nathan Cleverly. He got sort of out-hustled against Cleverly. I mean, yeah, it was, what, seven years ago now and Bellew has changed as a fighter and grown as a fighter, but, you know, there's there's guys out there that are just made to, to, to sort of 
negate the style of a fighter like Tony Bellew. And I think Usyk's the man to do it. I think he, you know, he will, he will beat him, and I think he'll beat him on points. I think it'll be a twelve-round fight. I think we will see some rocky moments in the fight. Uh, I'm hoping to see some rocky moments from Usyk. I want to see the man tested. You know, they're, they're talking about Anthony Joshua, like you touched on earlier. If, if he's going to go in with Anthony Joshua, we want to see him tested. We want to know. Uh, what, what's the unknown because we don't know that yet with Usyk whereas we've seen it with people like Joshua and Bellew we've seen him go on the floor before so we haven't seen that with Usyk so this is it's going to be a really interesting fight but I think definitively uh, I, I think Usyk walks away the winner on the night as much as it pains me to say it I think he I think he is just a special fighter and it'll be no shame for Tony Bellew to go out and bow out to a man like Alexander Usyk and at least he can honestly say he tested it against the best yeah, definitely, and I think that's probably that's probably testament to Bellew's career. You know, he's he's had a lot of ups and downs, and you know he's going out to the very top of the game, and I think the man deserves that. And you know, I hope he can pull it off, and I I wish him all the best in retirement if, if this is the last time. Yeah, me too. Exactly. I forget to, to to mention the fact that this is does appear to be his last fight, and if if it's a loss. I can't. I'm not going to slag the guy off because I think he's 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 done wonders for for cruiserweight boxing himself recently, and he uh, has come on so far. And he'll always, especially in Liverpool, of course, you know he'll go down as uh, a legend in Liverpool if he's not already. And for me, he's he's done a lot in the sport. He's he's won a world title. You know, he's moved up to heavyweight. He's gone in against you know some of the the the, the best fighters that we've known of, like as in like the David Hayes. Yes, he was over the hill. People. Were We'll point that out straight away now I've said it but fair play to him for what he's done he's always stepped up to a challenge and I cannot fault him for that Jordi any final thoughts before we call it a day no I think I think we've touched on everything and I just I just probably try and reiterate you know I think over this last couple of years British boxing's really really gone up you know many levels not just a few and I think Tony Bellew's been integral in that so whatever happens on Saturday night you know Bellew's done a lot for British boxing and I hope he's remembered for that, and I hope people don't don't hold the old aggressive and you know crazy Bellew and just remember like what this guy's done for the sport. And you know, as I said, I wish him all the best in retirement if this is the last dance. So that concludes this preview episode of Usyk versus Bellew. I hope you guys have enjoyed it. You know where to find us on the social at BTR Boxing Pod. We're on Podbean, Stitcher, iTunes. Go on there, give us a follow, subscribe to the podcast to get the podcast every time a new episode comes out, and leave us a review. I've said it on numerous occasions. I say it practically every episode. Get on there and leave us a review because it does help. It gives us that extra oomph that we need to, to keep this pushing forward and to keep getting you these different types of episodes out. So find us on the social at BTR Boxing Pod on facebook on twitter you can find myself at sean Basta esbr and you can find jordy at jord underscore neil is that right no just jord neil oh i see i got it wrong (laughs) (laughs) no thanks for having me on it's been a good show there no it's been brilliant so guys thanks for listening and we'll see you next time
Social Podcast Network.